ladies and gentlemen of the estate and letting agency world it is september 2022 we've had quite an interesting few weeks with regard to the stamp duty income tax um, interest rate rises this is going to be a challenging and interesting 12 months in the property industry and today we've got basically who's who of the uk estate agency when it comes to estate agents and also thought leaders talk about how what they did in in the previous uh, downturn because there could be a downturn we don't know i mean all the signs are potentially looking that way what they did what they need to do now what they need to do in the future to not only survive but thrive in a challenging market today we are joined by some great agents. the first one is Abby, abigail gray who is the boss lady of Gray & Co in Wembley, a leading estate and letting agency um, in Northwest London. We are also joined by Alec Hornby, who is um, the managing director of Richard James Estate Agents. Basically, they own Swindon. Um, they're, they're, the, they're the king values. Their market share is larger than a Victoria slice at, at, uh, at a cake shop. It's absolutely huge and fantastic estate agents. We're also joined by Steve Wayne, who is um, got a number of estate agency operations, including some his own branch, and he's also some self-employed estate agents up up and down the M1 corridor, starting um, in Edgware and moving all the way up to Luton, and it's got some very successful people. We're joined by Ed Mead. Ed Mead is ex-boss man of Douglas and Gordon, and what he doesn't know about estate agency ain't worth knowing. We're also joined by the King of Gazeel, Brian Mansell, who was a boss man of Countrywide um, in London uh, in the bad old days of 0809, now with Gazeel, but again, got his finger on the pulse. We've got Lee Wainwright, who's also massively in the game at Countrywide when Countrywide were a force to be reckoned with. And again, his, he knows what he, he went through in a tough market. And now he's boss man of Focal Agent, the firm that basically outsources all your photographs and um, floor plans and all, all some awesome stuff like that. And then finally, we are joined by Mr. Ian White, who is very well known in the industry, a thought leader. You'll be you'll be amazed how many estate agents uh, pick his brains and for his guidance, mentoring, and support. So we've really got some big names in the industry today. So I think the th the first thing is let's kick off with something topical, and I'd like to go to to you, Ian White. Is do you think it was wise for the government to change the stamp duty rules? and everything else that was in that budget. Let's go with that. Do I think the government were wise? I, 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 those two words in the same sentence absolutely don't compute to me. Um, do I think they were wise? I, I'm sort of grateful that they made an attempt and I think they've definitely helped first time buyers. Um, and the fact that some people will be paying less stamp duty can't be a negative for the housing market. So I'm glad they did something. Uh, I'm not so sure. I think they missed an opportunity to do something more uh, sensible or more more intelligent. But but ultimately, the fact that many people will be paying less stamp duty tax uh, will motivate some people to move that perhaps previously wouldn't have done or would have done it later. Uh, so that 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 for me is a positive. Okay, let me ask the agents that are on here. Let's start with Abigail first. Abigail. Uh, you're in northwest London, and in the second, we're coming to to you, Alex, and finally you, Steve. Have you seen any change whatsoever with regard to acti buyer activity coming through your door with regard to the stamp duty change? Not yet, but the stamp duty will only 
really kick in for us, for people sort of over the, let's say, £600,000 price bracket. So it's not a huge saving for anyone at our end. Um, we've got a couple of flats where they're now not going to have to pay anything as their first time buyers. But in the main, the flat market here is, is a little flat at the moment. Uh, no, no pun intended. So it's not going to make a massive difference here. And funnily enough, unlike last time, hardly anybody's mentioning it. We're not getting, we're having to be the ones that are talking about it with buyers and with sellers. And it doesn't seem to have made a huge impact with our marketplace. I think what we've got to remember last time is, is, is that when Rishi did it, it was up to half a million pounds, which affected an awful lot of people. I mean, in Northwest London, I don't think you could even get a garage for 250,000 pounds. So I don't think it's going to make a huge difference, but still it's going to save two and a half thousand pounds. Let's go yeah. down the end yeah. to Swindon. Um, Alex, I mean, the property is a little bit more reasonably priced down the M4 in Swindon. What have you got? To, have you anything you've you got? Your um, similar to Abigail, really, I don't think there's a huge impact just yet. Um, however, we are, you know, I guess we're talking two or three grand for the average first time buyer or some buying at sort of relatively low, low, low amount. So helping us type a few deals where we were sub five grand in between the deals probably helped us. Um, so we've sort of maximised that for the short term. But I think ultimately the cost of the interest rate and the mortgages and the difference between the base rate and the actual rate that the banks are agreeing is probably the bit that stands out. So the, the stamp duty is a bit of a, uh, you know, it's not that the benefits are limited, really, and it affects a very small market nowadays. OK, so stamp duty is limited. Let's now move on and talk about the interest rates. Now, obviously, the interest rates are now at 225 percent. And it's reckoned by the end of the year, they'll be at 3.25 percent. Some even say even higher. And that will make property affordability quite an issue. I mean, obviously, the first time buyers. But my biggest fear is these people who are on fixed rates mortgages. They reckon about 1.3 million people will be coming off their fixed rate mortgages in the next 12 months. And they're on an average rate of 2.04. If you want a fixed rate today now, you're looking at, at somewhere in the region of about 3.8. Do you think that's going to make a massive difference? Let's go to you, Steve. Um, yeah, the interest rates is, is going to be a big problem coming forward. Um, but the problem is, is actually, you actually need to get on the market now if you're thinking about moving because the interest rates are only going in one direction over the next two or three years. So actually, if you want to talk about reasons and motivations to move, bizarrely, interest rates going up is your reason because they are going to go up higher and higher. Good stuff. Ed, what have you got to say to this? Well, I'm... Uh... Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you can do it now, then all well and good. But the fact of the matter is, if you look at 10-year swap rates, they're still only just over 3, 3.2%. 3 so the general feeling clearly is that there is going to be a short-term spike in interest rates uh, whilst, the, whilst the Bank of England, the government, whoever needs to, steps in to try and do something here. But as usual with all this stuff, one's got to try and take a medium-term view on this because it's pretty clear that once this, and I mean, I know this is a huge statement, but once this hiatus that's going on around us at the moment caused by Putin and various others has passed by and gone on, then I think there's every reason to believe that those rates will come back down again. So I think there's a lot of scare tactics going on. We've seen this every time this happens and has done over the last 40 years. People go blah, 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 blah. And of course, it's going to affect people and they try and frighten everybody simply because it makes a good headline. Um, and we've also got to remember that certainly this government is very invested in keeping homeowners happy. So whatever's going on at number 10 and number 11 at the moment, they'll be in the bunker trying to work out how on earth they can mediate this position as, as quickly as possible. 
It's going to be in white. I think interest rates are a, a great opportunity to uh, connect with potential sellers and ask, you know, how it's affecting them. Um, would they be interested in a remortgage quote? Because for me, every every problem has a solution or every problem has a positive outcome. But you could you could choose to focus on the negative. Um, but in reality, speaking to your homeowners and offering them advice and guidance on interest rates for remortgage, stroke establishing whether they would like to buy reassessing the price points of some of your properties. If you can knock a price down by 25,000 because of the current circumstances, maybe a quarter percent extra on your interest rate than, than you could have got a few months back. Half percent is not the big issue here. So I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, at the end of the day, the market will ebb and flow. It always will ebb and flow. What doesn't necessarily ebb and flow is the mindset of the estate agents. And, and that's the bit that needs to ebb and flow. You just point your gun in the direction of, of the least resistance rather than try and fight interest rates, because you can't. You can't change it. They're in an upward trend for the minute. Well, work out where the opportunity in that is. What about all the people that bought right on their limit and are now stretched and need to sell? Go and find who they are and list their properties. Um, every market makes a market. And I, 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 I don't like the words difficult or challenging. It's just different. That's all it is, it's different. And if the agents learn to point their gun in the direction of opportunity and away from the position of challenge, They'll take market share. Let's go to Alex and then Lee Wainwright. So yeah, I'm you know completely agree with you on the education, but I think we also need to educate our staff in how to have the right conversations with people. Um, you know, if someone's got a three-year fixed rate, they're kicking the can down the road. They're not thinking about you know they're thinking about tomorrow, not three years time. But find out what their plan is. You know, there's lots of people we're speaking to have got four or five bedroom houses, and they're using half of the house. You know, they're the sort of people that we need to be saying that the cost of running the house, that's an opportunity for a huge wave of large properties to start feeding in back into the marketplace. So like I said, I think it's a massive opportunity to uh, see some big fees as well. Well, it, it, interesting you say that. We'll go to, to Lee Rainwright in a second. But um, the average price of a property coming onto the market in the UK in the last month has been £447,000, whilst at the start of the year, the average price was, let's just pulling it up, 392. Isn't it absolutely fantastic that in a period of literally eight months, house prices haven't gone up by that amount, which obviously shows that the more larger properties are coming on the market and booking that trend. So is everyone seeing bigger houses coming on the market? Let's guess the agents. Yeah, definitely across the board. Okay, Steve, you got something to say? Yeah. Go for it. I think with, with, with stats like that, you've also got to be careful. We've noticed a horrendous problem in our area with overvaluing being worse than any more. And the problem is, as a market changes to get a little bit tougher, all agents seem to be able to do is lock people onto 24-week agreements and be overvaluing by like six, seventy, you know, 70 grand a time. So I think sometimes those stats aren't quite as true as they need to be. And I think as estate agents, we've got to look at how we can do something different to people um, I think now's an opportunity to, to not go into these big, long contracts, but actually to give people really good, true advice, because the market is going to be ever changing over the next six months. I think you make a very valid point there. Anyone else got anything to say agent wise? OK, let's go to Lee and then we'll go to Abigail. Yeah, so <clears throat> look, I think the first thing to say about the market is that sentiment definitely plays a part. Um, yeah, look how many people have saved one percent on stamp duty at the last in, the, in Rishi's intervention, um, but found themselves paying two, three, four, five percent over the asking price to save one percent on their 
um, stamp duty. That that defies logic. Um, but that sentiment in the marketplace that now is a great time to buy drives behaviours that that actually create lots of challenging conditions. It's hard work finding a house. It's hard work showing 20 people around. It's hard work dealing with multiple offers, letting people down. Um, and for me, the, the, any shift in condition is that opportunity for estate agents to shift better than everybody else and quicker than everybody else. And I take, I think it was Alex who said about the education within the teams. What a fantastic opportunity for agencies across the UK now to see, to, to see a shift in trading environment, in sentiment from consumers, and really position themselves as the go-to agent within their local towns to, to educate, help, support, guide consumers through a set of questions and experiences that are different. It's, you know, we probably had 12, 18 months of how the hell do I buy a house? I'm fed up of missing out here. Um, and the question now is how do I navigate interest rates or how should I think about um, you know, my investment property market in the medium to short term or you know, what are my alternatives here to, to, to buying a property and is buying still wise or you know, how, how should I think about it? Fantastic opportunity for agents, I think. We're going to come back to how to become the go-to agent in a second. We're going to go to Abigail, then we're going to go to Ian, and then we're going to go to Alex. But here's an interesting thing. Is this just a top tip because we believe in the ICG of giving value. But if a first-time buyer is, is coming off at in, a fixed interest rate, I've just did this just to, just to this on the back of a fact packet. If a person was coming off a three-year fixed rate at 2.4% on a five-year, 25-year mortgage, and then had to come on to the new rate of 3.8, their mortgage payment would rise from 1,100 to 1,500 pounds. But if they push back the term 30 to, from 25 years to 30 years, their mortgage payment would reduce back down to their old amount. Just a little top tip there for you. Right, let's go to Abigail, then we'll go to Ian, then we'll go to Alex. Thanks, Chris. I probably just want to echo sort of what Steve and Lee have said. Steve, with regards to sort of the, the long-term contracts, but also sort of trying to manage our vendors' expectations because where there's agents overvaluing in the area, we're finding that the vendors' expectations haven't really caught up with what's going on in the marketplace, and that, that is quite a slow, a slow burn. So for us, one of the tactics is the tactic of being the second agent in. So you'll be dealing with someone who then goes and signs up somewhere else, and then comes back to you, say, 6, 12, 15, 16 weeks later, and you can normally get them back at a slightly better price, um, and they're in a, a more malleable position compared to what they were when you first spoke to them, when they were giving you all these sensational figures about what their property was worth, and you couldn't really find anything to, to back it up with. Estate agents being proactive and going after other agents' properties. God forbid. <laughs> Let's go to Ian White, and then I'd like to go to Alex. Uh, well, there's two things. I mean, Abigail's just echoed one of my points is that an opportunity that's represented itself is that now canvassing and, and actively uh, going after someone else's stock that has been overvalued is now an opportunity that had largely disappeared because everything was selling. But now that's an activity that could bring you some leverage and some forward momentum in your, your, your results. Um, but uh, I can't remember the exact terminology that they use, but it's the right time to sell. It's the right time to buy. Um, all you've got to do is work out which people. And it's pretty obvious that, that we're seeing now that older people in larger properties with high amounts of equity are seeing it as a good time to sell when the market beats. Um, so spend your time with those people. Find those people. Talk to those people because they're going with the flow. They want to sell. 
they want to cash out, they want to downsize, they want to help out siblings, or maybe they're being squeezed by the cost of living on a month to month basis, but are asset rich rather than cash rich. So work with those people, find out who those people are, and spend your time on the phone, canvassing, leafleting, talking to, networking with the people that are going with the flow. If you're middle market and maybe you're hesitant for whatever reason, um, fine. Uh, but, but there, there is one market might have blocked up a little bit, but another market is becoming much freer. We'll find it, go and find it and talk to it, communicate with it. Um, simple. Oh, wow. Are you, are we talking about proactive estate agency here and not actually, wow. That, I'm sorry, mate. I, I don't understand what you're saying. Wink in my eye. Let's go to Steve Wayne and then Lee Wainwright. So if you're a, a good agent watching this, actually listening to all the other guys, we're actually in quite an, you know, a good time to be an estate agent. Actually, the, the, out, the agents out there who live on right move and live on stuff walking in off their reputation, that's not going to happen over the next six to nine months. So actually, as an agent, what you've got is this massive opportunity that if you are doing your social media, your canvassing, your prospecting, actually, you can come out the other end of this going from an average agent to, you know, an exceptional agent. And there's going to be a lot of agents that listen to this and going, I don't want to do that. Sounds like too much hard work. And I think everyone over the last, even the last 10, 15 years has just had it too easy. But if you follow the plan and follow consistency of a plan, actually, there's going to be some really good opportunities. And in a market like this, it gives you even more of an opportunity to put your fees up as well. Absolutely bang on, because you can actually prove you're worth your money. Let's go to Lee Wainwright, and then we'll go to Alex afterwards. Yeah, I'm just going to stitch together the last two points for me. I think, um, actually, it, if I take what Ian said, what a fantastic opportunity to drive engagement through social media right now with sharing messages, with offering help and support, with talking about hot topics and being the genuine voice of property within the local communities that you serve. Because, you know, capturing people's attention on social media when your message is, we've sold another house. Well, no shit, Sherlock, houses are selling pretty quickly. That, that doesn't differentiate in the same way as interest rates are changing, we're helping customers, we're helping people understand whether now's a good time to move. Um, and, and really taking the opportunity within those social media environments to connect with people on the genuine challenges that they face right now, I think is a fantastic opportunity to complement getting on the phones, yeah. getting your canvassing right, getting your messaging right within your people. Um, uh, and there, there are certainly things that um, are going to be very, very interesting to the potential um, move and uh, buyers and sellers within the areas that, that you, you currently serve. I wholeheartedly agree. I find it absolutely fascinating that, that we are the gatekeepers to the second most interesting topic in the world to the British people. The first being the weather and the second, the property market. Yet if you look at most estate agents' social media feed, all they do is talk about themselves and their firm and what, they, and what they've sold and how big their market share is. Um, yeah. And sorry, just on that piece, Chris, that, that's for me where we, you know, there's a lot said about right move in the industry. Right move is property porn. Actually, property is interesting and people like it, but the sentiment behind my most valuable asset, that's estate agency porn. And estate agents connecting with consumers and talking local and sharing stories and being able to talk about extending someone's mortgage term to keep their, their monthly payments at the right number. You know, that kind of engagement is going to be godless right now. Good stuff. We've got a few people want to say Alex first, then Brian, then Steve. Um, so I was going to say, to sort of remember that we are actually salespeople, you know. Um, I think the last couple of years, we haven't had to sell anything, really. Um, it's been very quite, quite straightforward. I think 
whether you know put a first-time buyers to one side and make the first-time buyers if interest rates increase yes it will increase the cost of their mortgage but it's probably still cheaper than renting um, for starters um and i think we need to look about the cost of change more rather than houses going up or down you know for that 100 grand extra you're still getting what you want whether you get 70 grand from house or 800 grand so i think it's the pitching we're actually doing and explaining to that person you know how to achieve that home still um and then with your point with regards to mortgages i might be wrong but my belief is everyone's maxed anyway you know most people we sell a house for on a 35 year term using every penny they've got you know it's, i think the market might change that to that and it might become people trying to be a bit more conservative but over the last two or three years i think everyone's maxed themselves to as much as they can because of the nature of the beast but are they the people that are going to be moving there's a hell of a lot of people that have got a lot of equity built in let's go to to brian so i've listened very carefully to what everybody said and um there's some really good points being made but bear in mind we're all talking to a group of estate agents that are supposedly nervous about what's coming down the line um those of us that have worked in the industry long enough this is nothing, right? This is not going to be a problem for people. In fact, this is going to be one of the best, I think, one of the best markets for the best estate agents that they've had for a long, long time. And the reason I say that is because in times that are supposedly tough, I mean, and I'm talking about not those of us that remember the early 90s when you had, you were giving advice to people whose mortgages were worth more than the value of their house. Okay, that, those, those days are not the days we're facing. So, and we had interest rates north of 15% and people, that's proper hardship with house values that were on the floor. Um, the industry is not full of those people anymore who experienced sitting with people who were crying when they were trying to sell their house. Um, and those days aren't here anymore. But what the industry needs to do without question is exactly what Alex said. It needs to educate itself pretty damn quickly if people talk about being local experts or, you know, trusted advisors, whatever terminology people chuck onto their website, as, which is just words, they need to get behind that and understand that if the public listen to the media, they will get scared. They will be nervous and they will probably vote with their feet. And agents need to be very calm. They need to have a plan. They need to educate themselves their staff because a lot of their younger staff will will be watching their headlines and thinking oh my god this is all going to be a disaster i might go and work somewhere else or do something else so that to me is one of the most important things that should happen but most importantly of all be positive about it because it is positive estate agents um are needed okay first of all people can move on their own but actually they have a better move get a better price have less stress all that stuff with a really good advisor at their side which is an estate agent i also believe that this is a time for great advice and therefore services and suppliers that work with estate agents particularly in mortgaging mortgages and conveyancing need to understand that these consumers need to have their hand held and be educated as well calmly professionally and given the right advice so it does present a tremendous opportunity for estate agents to be able to introduce not only their own advice but also the advice of other people that are working within their business, such as the aforementioned. Um, and I can certainly remember vividly, 2009, we did really well because we had, got, <coughs> well, I'm not going to go through it now, but I had a 10 point plan. I've, I've kept everything that we've ever used that's worked and got rid of everything that never worked. 
Um, and I've got 10 points here that we used, which was our roadmap and our pathway that the business followed during what is was a much worse market in 2009. So don't worry about it. This is a great market. We're going into a good time. Okay, let's go to Steve, Wayne, and then Alex. So I think there's um, everyone's sort of going on about we've got to do this, well, we've got to do that. But what almost agency owners need to look at doing as well is is just make sure they're prop tech. They haven't got too much of it. Make sure that actually they're lean as a company, you know, that you don't have too many staff because actually in a market like this, you don't need 30 staff in an office. You know, you've got to make sure that you've got the right staff, you've got the right tech. Are you spending too much money? Because as times get a little bit harder, I think you've just got to make sure and use this as an opportunity to make sure your costs are where they should be, your staff are the right people, and actually use it as an opportunity to make sure all of that stuff's correct as you move forward. Okay, so we've agreed that, we'll go on to a second. We've agreed so far that we as estate agency bosses need to take responsibility not only to educate uh, our potential clients, but also our colleagues in the office to ensure that this is not a good time. Because the problem with this is that social media is all about clicks. So we'll have a sensational headlines. And if we're not careful, we'll all fall into the into the abyss because we're all worried about clickbait, you know, clickbait titles. I think let's move on the conversation and talk about internally within the boss. And let's talk about the suppliers. You know, um, let, let's move on. Lee, Steve made a good point about looking at your accounts now as opposed to 12 months down the line. Uh, so I think he's definitely made a really good point about the business acumen to control your spend. Um, if there is any fat within your business now, now is absolutely the time not to be carrying that fat. Um, I'm not sure. I, I think I see um, the prop tech slightly differently, but then I would because I run a prop tech business. <laughs> For me, the big advantage of prop tech is that it gives you unit cost. If you've got 30 people running a branch and you're only going to sell, and you're going to sell less houses and your revenue is going to be less in, in three months' time, that's really difficult to control. Knowing that your unit cost for a viewing with Uber is X or your photography with Focal is Y, that gives you the ability to create your business plans with a, a high degree of certainty at a time when there's lots of uncertainty. But you're absolutely on your cost right now. You, you don't want to be carrying anything you don't need. Um, but I do think that that view of your Certainly my experience of being able to use outsourcing solutions to give me absolute certainty in my unit cost. I think that's something that, that agencies should be looking to explore thoroughly in the, the opportunity of the landscape that's in front of them. Good stuff. Right, we've got a few people that put their hands up. I'd like to go to Ed Mead first. Um, the trouble is, of course, I mean, Steve hit, his, hit the nail on the head, really, which is when, when he mentioned staff, and, and it is a very difficult time for agency. If you're running an agency and you just know that you've got too many staff, um, it's been sacrilegious the way it's now called human resource. These are people whose real lives are being affected. And, and when you have to have less staff in your office because you know some of them aren't necessarily good enough or you've just got too many of them, I think the difference now is that you can back up some of this stuff, some of the tech, but particularly with the ICG members, you know, all the prospecting stuff, the data stuff, the marketing stuff, dare I say from myself, the viewing bit. I mean, one of the issues you have with staff is that there will be times during the week even when you're really too busy for the number of people you've got in your office to do what you need to do. So look at exactly what Lee was just saying. Look at the unit costs of how that works. 
Um, and I think there are going to be some very significant savings available, on, but unfortunately it's going to involve staff, which is the bit people feel very nervous about, quite rightly. Okay, okay let's go to Alex. Do you th um, I'm going to ask you a question and then I'd like to answer it. Um, <coughs> independent of your own firm, okay? But do you think when pe uh, firms are having to cut costs, they, they, they should sometimes be cutting staff, when in reality they cut everything else off because they haven't got the sphericals to to actually, they don't want to let people but Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a hard decision, as you said, they're, they're people with responsibilities. But um, going back to your previous one about prop tech, I think there's a prop tech and also a training you know they're, they're two separate things and I think you know you can have too much prop tech and it can be a bit overwhelming and I think sometimes you know the customers actually just want to talk to a human and not be bamboozled with too much technology but I think training is probably what I think is probably that I'd be investing in right now to, to teach my teams on how to get higher fees you know how to be dynamic and you know get more leads to the lettings company or the FS uh, guy in your office and just recognizing opportunities really Okay, let's go to Steve Wayne, and then Ian yeah. White, and then Abigail. Yeah, just, just in regards to the prop tech, what, what I find with a lot of agents, and we, we've been guilty of it in the past, is you get something that sounds brilliant, and actually you never use it because you've never quite got trained on it properly. And I think, you know, if you're really good at what you do and you complement your business with prop tech, it's perfect, but you can sort of go over it where you almost feel that if I don't get this, I'm going to miss out on something. And I think you've got to just look at, you know, print off a, a, pretty much a sheet of all your costs and go, are we using that? Is that ridiculous? You know, how long am I stuck into a contract? Can I phone a, a supplier up and see if, well, if I sign up for another year, can I get a discount? And you, suddenly if you're saving £100 a month on 10, 15 things, then actually, you know, it, it, it amounts to a lot. But, you know, it's very, very hard for an owner. You build relationships with people and it's all very nice from a, a trainer point of view from a, a group turn around going will cut you know your weakest member of staff but sometimes as a business owner it's easier said than done okay ian i think we'll see the good in people okay ian yeah. uh, I, I i think um you know we're talking about a lot about what 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 the team or the people on the ground floor can do but but i do think we missed the point that um i mean brian hinted at it but uh i might be being be prepared to be more direct about it is that look the market is is different but guys we have had much more tougher times so in reality with a plan and a calmness the bit that concerns me is not so much the troops on the ground floor because i think they can be coached and, and trained my concern is whether the leadership have the gumption and the understanding and the knowledge, because if they don't, they either need to get help or they need to sell their business. Because if they really, really can't see the opportunity and want to focus on the problem, their staff will do the same. Their teams will do the same. Be calm. I think somebody used the word be calm. I'm not sure who that was, but be, you know, be calm in your approach understand that there is an opportunity there and lead your people to the opportunity. If you can't see the opportunity, get help. Get people around you that can see it and drive you to the opportunity. Um, I, uh, I'm going to embarrass Alex Hornby now. The last time we had a downturn in the market, his business moved its market share from 21% to 33%. It took the opportunity. How did it do it? It really simple. Their people performed to a better level through great leadership, great process, and just rigidly had an accountability to it. 
And that performance during a downturn, if that's the word you want to use, when transactional volume, transactional volume, forget prices, prices dropping are not the problem. Transactional vo volumes are the real antichrist of the state agency. Prices are just a number. If transactional volumes, then you've got a problem. Then you've got to go and take a big, bigger piece of the market share. But in a transactional volume decrease, they increased their market share beyond the loss and came out with, I'm not going to name the numbers, but a 33% uplifting turnover, roughly, uh, through a challenging downturn. It, this is an opportunity, not a problem, for the best, for the best. Okay, we've got lots of hands up. I want to go to Abigail. You put your hand up a few minutes ago, and then we'll go to Lee, and we'll go to Brian. Then we'll go to Steve. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say something along the lines of cutting the cost is something that we've been looking at since the beginning of a year. And it's much easier to cut a supplier than it is to cut a member of uh, staff. So I think that that conversation is very difficult, but it's definitely something that we need as business owners to look at. And I, I sort of always keep in the back of my mind, no matter how nice I want to be to people, ultimately I have a financial responsibility when I'm running a business to make sure that it stays profitable for, for everybody else who's still employed there. So if someone's got to go because they're not performing, that needs to, that, that process needs to be managed. So I think there is times ahead where really strong leadership's gonna, gonna be needed. And just to echo another point that Ian's made, there are loads of opportunities out there, although I don't know how many of them are in the sales market, there are still so many out there in the lettings market. And I think for a business like us, much like 07, 08, 09, we really needed to look to our lettings portfolio to, to increase our, our revenue and our profitability because those relationships are already there. There's so many things you could be talking to your customer base about at the moment. So you don't have that, oh no, what am I going to call them about? I don't need, you know, there's about a hundred things out there that I can call my, my database about now and try and find those opportunities, whether that's remortgaging, getting them better prices on their insurance, tenant, tenant insurance, not just rent guarantee, but tenant income protection and somebody else in this, in the screen mentioned to me, which is a good way of earning some extra income on every letting that you do. So there are plenty of opportunities out there. It's just making that plan with Absolutely. your team and getting there. Absolutely bang on. What I've noticed is the state agent's been running around like headless chicken in the last couple of years. So they haven't been able to have time to sit down and take a look at the bigger picture. This is an opportunity if you grasp it um, to, to, to actually work on the time, This the things that you're talking about, which is train your team, train yourself, develop yourself okay lots of hands up let's go to lee wainwright and then brian and then ian uh, i think the people piece is the hardest part in a state agency because it is a people business um I, I i think it's it's the thing that i would encourage people to spend the most time on i take abigail's point you know protecting the overall business is really important but if, if you're going to do 10 or 20 percent less work Everybody earns 10 or 20% less. The best people leave. Not your worst person, your best person leaves. And I think that the thinking about the performance of your people over um, the transition that the market's going to go through, I think is, is definitely something that's worth a lot of time because if, if your best people are used to earning an amount of money, you know, the employment market is still super strong. Um, you know, good people are in demand. And, and I just think that one of, the, one of the things I've learned very painfully over time is that when you do get that fall off, it's, it, it won't feel like a lot, 10 or 20 or 25%, but your best people are the people who leave. 
the worst people are the people who, who accept that they're going to earn 20, 20, 25% less. And I think being proactive around those people decisions is, um, is, is very, very difficult, very, very sensitive. But actually, you've got to solve the problems before your people solve them for you. Absolutely fascinating there. Um, I'd like to hear to Brian. I know you had to make some dif- difficult decisions in 08. Can we lead on and carry on with what Lee said, and then we'll go to Ian afterwards? Yeah, I mean, Lee's absolutely right. But the point I was going to make is whatever you decide to do, um, have a look at your business very carefully in a business-like. that The industry has a lot of estate agents trying to become business people rather than business people who are estate agents. And I think that is something that does cause a challenge for a lot of people. And, and I can certainly speak from my own experience as a coach, as well as running Gazelle and, and, and whatever you want to call it. Um, but the, the, the main thing for any business, really, when it's facing a potential challenging tur- or turbulent time is, you know, and well, not actually when it's facing a turbulent time, this is generally how you should run a business, in my opinion. You should always be keeping a very close eye on your numbers and the performances and your of your suppliers, your costs, you know, your your staff are the most important asset. They're also the most expensive cost in the business. Therefore, they should be looked after and uh, and managed effectively. But whatever you decide to do, don't make a panic decision. Don't knee-jerk because of headlines and because of noise. Have a good, careful look. Steve's point about prop tech is absolutely valid. All the points are valid. But I think my point is, is key here. Whatever you decide to cut or, or not, do it with the facts. Don't knee-jerk. Uh, Ian White and then Steve Wayne. I think moving to the business owners, um, you know, I, I, I think my old company, Romans, uh, and Stockton's, to be fair, John Hunt, I, I think the level of expertise they had of knowing, knowing when to throttle back, when to throttle forward, and in what channels was, was what possibly separated the business leadership from the rest. So, I think you do have to take care that you don't just knee-jerk remove everything from your business and then say, oh, look, we're doing less business. I made the right decision because you might be doing less business because of what you cut out. So I think there has to be a very strategic, sensible approach to, to what you do. But in relation to costs, I mean, Lee, Lee, funnily enough, he doesn't know, but we just done a deal with one of my clients based on a call that I had with Lee who was spending money. Uh, they were getting their EPCs in one place, floor plans in another, X, Y, Z. And, and they wanted to rationalise costs. Now, I, I, we, I, through Lee's help at Focal Agent, have managed to provide them with exactly the same level of coverage. They're getting the same thing dealt with by one company instead of four, saving a lot of money and getting one extra thing done that they were previously doing themselves. So it isn't about cutting things out. It's about looking, is there a better solution? Is there a way to deliver what I need to? Because if you, if you cut out too many suppliers, what you are adding in is workload back into your people. If you add workload back into your people, then they're not doing the things they need to do, which is being an estate agent. And at the moment, you need your estate agents to be estate agents. Alex has said it, they need to sell. Uh, you know, I believe they need to maybe dust down some old methods. Yes, they need to use all the new technology and the, the connection tools and the social media and all the algorithms. Of course, those things are now part of the modern world. But to underpin it all, you need a skilled estate agent hustling and doing what they do they can't do that if they've got to go out and do the photography do the viewing uh, do this get the keys cut uh, whatever it is that might be in their way just be aware that it, just be careful you don't throttle back so much that you become the architect of your own you fulfill your own prophecy um this is an opportunity not a problem steve wayne 
so so one thing I think everyone's not not talked about and everyone's a bit obsessed especially when you're in a business is oh you need to work out of the business on the business it's going to be a time but actually the owners of the business actually might need to push themselves downstairs and really lead by example and I know in our office we had someone leave and I've sort of jumped downstairs and what happens is by me going out there picking up the phones not doing everything it just inspires the whole team and actually the best way to learn sometimes is by watching people doing and in a market where people don't want to do the dirty stuff and the gritty stuff as a leader if you go downstairs and actually do that stuff with them you'll be surprised at the uplift and the motivation and the whole the whole office just elevates fantastic fantastic ed have you got anything to add with regard to um what happened in the challenging market of 0809 with douglas and gordon well, I think not knee-jerk reacting is the <clears throat> is by far and away the the most important thing to sit back and look at it. I mean, everyone's that you know you've got some really clever estate agents and people on here, Ian and Brian and Lee. They've said it all from the from the from the past. Really, there's nothing I can add. I mean, I was lucky enough to work in London, which was a a different situation. To be perfectly blunt, we were as focused on exchange rates, which we haven't really spoken about here at the moment. If you're working in London, then you're going to be having an absolute whale of a time. Nominal prices in central London are still pretty much nominal, not real, nominal prices are still much the same as they were in 2014. But the dollar was 171 in 2014 and it's now 108. So you're going to get a flood of dollar-based buyers and dollar-pegged buyers coming. So my concerns in those days were very different. If you remember in 08, 09, we had a, we had a V-shaped recovery. Who knows what's going to happen this time? The point is it's all an opportunity and it's all, dare I suggest it, it can be fun. <laughs> Um, it's right. definitely fun, definitely fun, Ed. I think that that's the key part because it's a fantastic opportunity to win, and and that, that's 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 a state agency, isn't it? Every day is about winning for your customers, winning for your colleagues, and, and winning for your brand and growing that market share. It's so, um, Steve, it's funny they say that because I I talk about that a lot. The state agency has almost got boring because it's been so easy. It's been the phone rings, right move. Actually, when you go and you put A and B together and you make a deal happen, that's fun. That's, you know, I probably one of the you know, younger people on the call. But when I was 17, 18, you know, that's what was fun, putting A and B together. And the kids of today don't get that. Um, you know, and actually that, that is what it's about, is about having fun and just getting yourself back into that, that, that world. Alex? Yeah, just jumping on Steve's point. So, uh, yeah, if it isn't fun... And you're not surrounded by people that find that job fun. When you are making, you know, if you, or you have to make cuts, surround yourself with people that come to work to have fun. That's what, that's what I always say to my guys. And I've done what Steve's done over the last probably nine months. I've been office-based, kind of doing a proper values job, if you like. And A, it's probably more enjoyable than sitting in an ivory tower. Um, but it, it makes you understand your business better. And actually what, you know, what I've seen recently is back to basics. You know, a agency is a very simple job. Find someone, show them around a house, agree a deal. You know, it's, it would make it incredibly complicated um, through lots of other things going on, overvaluing other bits and pieces like that. But keep it simple. Talk to people, listen to what they want, and deliver what they what they what they ask for. It's it's. I think agencies are very simple, <coughs> um, but it's hard to do well. You know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's been good fun recently. To be fair, it's got a bit bit trickier. Um, I mean, with your point about overvaluing earlier, we haven't we haven't found that a massive problem because we're prepared to walk away and win it back in two or three weeks time 
and get paid the fee we've asked for. So if anything, I'd like to lose more stuff first time round, win it back two weeks later and get paid the 2% or whatever we're going to charge. Um, you know, we started introducing charging for photography, which three or four years ago we would never have done. Um, that's not affected our figures one bit. Um, and all of our customers are bought into us. So that can, again, overview a, a contract if they've invested some cash to you, which, you know, is important. Steve Wayne? I think with the overvaluing thing, it, we haven't gone and taken on stuff which is overpriced. There's just no point. It's just, you, you know, we, we've got foxes that just open up where we are. And you look at some of the things they take on and you just bury your hands in your head. You're just like, what were they thinking? Like there, there was something the other day which was a good 250 grand overpriced. And it's just, you know, it just doesn't help anyone. And the problem is the neighbours then think it's worth it and the, the ones and it goes on and on and on. Use that one to sell the other one down the road. Use it against them. That will help yeah. you sell the other house. So it's, it's only a plus point. Yeah, it's, it's, very it's, it's very straightforward on an instruction. I used to go in and if someone was saying so-and-so Foxons have said it's 250 and I was up against Pete Rollings all the time when he was running South Ken and I was running Chelsea for D&G, you'd say, fine, give it to him. The moment he asks you for a price reduction, give it back to us. And they go, OK, fine. And how many did I get back? Lots. There you go, boys and girls. Use the other agent. You know, be ballsy about it and, and be confident in what you do. Yeah, and I'm sorry, could I just come in on that as well, Chris? Because six months ago, that plan would have, would have had a lot more chance of winning than it's got now. So actually, this, that's the sort of thing where the, the change in, in climate gives you a competitive advantage. Um, you know, that that um, clear differentiation of, of tactic is going to be much, much more difficult for them to execute <coughs> in the climate that we're going to have moving forward than it was in, in, in the past. But, um, you know, that, that fun piece, I think, I think the, the other piece that I hear a lot about state agency is how rewarding the job is. What I think we'll find, and, and Brian touched on this earlier, is that when you start engaging with people who can't afford to stay in their house, and this isn't a choice move, it's um, a, a financially driven move that they've got to do, it will connect with estate agents emotionally in a way that makes the work so much more satisfying. And, and I just think that, you know, at the heart of what we're talking about today is, is a consumer that's going to be quite, quite concerned about the, head, the, the attention-grabbing headlines that, that Chris describes. And great agents will really help calm the consumer as well as calming their branches and provide a service that is going to be life-changing to, to families across, across their community. Uh, and I just think that, that that opportunity to make a genuine impact on people's lives at that time is something that, that amplifies the fun and the purpose that's involved in agency. And, and the wonderful thing is, uh, estate agents watching this, is that you've got the power to talk to thousands of, of homeowners for free by using Facebook groups, local groups, because local people own local houses and they join local Facebook groups. And if you're checking out content, which is valuable and interesting and thought leadership provoking, then, then people are going to listen to you. You know, haven't got to spend thousands of pounds on newspaper efforts. You can do it for free. Uh, let's go to Ian and then go to, um, let's go to Ian first and then we'll go to Abigail afterwards. Okay, for the smaller business owners, I just wanted to provide one bit of input and insight. And I've seen Steve Wayne do it um, physically. I've seen him personally achieve a, a goal, which is um, if you downgrade everybody. So in effect, Steve was the MD of his business and the owner of it. 
but he's actually in reality gone in for a period of time and become the manager of a branch and moved the manager in this case out. But if, if everybody takes one step back, and, and, and particularly the small business owners, don't tell me that your team aren't capable and don't tell me they don't follow your instructions. Go and show them how to do it physically. Get in, get your hands dirty, and then the manager can become a lister and the lister can become a neg. If you move everybody down a peg, your immediate skill levels go through the roof because everybody's doing a job that is much more, they're much more capable of doing it. And, and the aspirational point is to see the guy doing what you were doing better than you. It's not a problem doing that because the end game is, in, particularly in one of Steve's offices, the atmosphere now when you walk in it is high five, everybody's cooking on gas and they're making money and they're selling lots of houses, blah, blah, blah. Steve will be the first to admit that a little while back that wasn't the case. The person who's changed it is Steve. Everyone else is the same. The person who's changed it is Steve. He's, he has put himself on the line, shown what he can do, and motivated and, and cultivated and got these people behaving in the same way. Suddenly, it's chalk and cheese, both in terms of atmosphere, enjoyability, and performance. Forget the market. It would, it would have changed under any circumstances. It changed because the leader got in and showed, showed them what to do. Absolutely fantastic. And I can confirm that Steve is an absolute top bloke as well. Uh, even the, and uh, let's go to Abigail. I was just going to say that I think over the coming year, and we probably said this before, is something that everybody's going to have to do is really get to know the people that they're working with. And I don't mean your, your teammates, I mean your clients, whether that's buyers, sellers, landlords, tenants, you really need to know why they're moving and what their end goal is. Because so often in the last, you know, in the, in the sort of the summer's market and what we've seen since COVID, you might ask somebody why oh, why is that person that you're selling their house? Why are they moving? I don't know. I don't know. But you can't really help people or become their trusted advisor or give them the education that they need if you don't know why they're doing it. So knowing why and where they want to get to is going to be, I think, really key. And if people need to sort of forget their fear of asking questions because I don't know if it's more of a male thing. I don't generally have a problem asking people what some might perceive to be difficult questions, but just make sure you're asking the right questions to people and don't be scared of the answer because what's the worst thing oh, i'm not going to tell you that it's none of your business okay well i can't really help you if you don't help me with the answers to those questions there you go becoming the trusted advisor it's all about asking the difficult questions right then i think what we're going to do is wrap this up by going around the whole room and asking what their biggest person's what your biggest takeaway from today is uh, so let's start off with the gorgeous Brian Mansell. Um, Brian, talk to us. What have you learned? Maybe you could drop those little figures in that you've kindly worked, worked out as well whilst you're at it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I did the numbers. I do them every week for our team because, you know, I practice what I preach. The team that um, we have at Gazeal and the agents that we work with, a lot of them, we, we give them advice every week on the market and provide them with updates on what's going on around them um so i looked at the quarter i looked at quarters rather than years i looked at this the last quarter september back to july and then versus april to june and there's not a lot of change okay all these headlines you'd expect we're you know facing a cataclysmic crash in the markets absolute rubbish um there's a slight dip but then you've had august where probably the first august in i don't know a number of years where people actually physically went away on holiday it, at one point it felt like the whole bloody country was away but um um, so you've got, you know, pretty decent run rates. House prices are, are up where they were. So that's good. If you're on a percentage basis commission, you're making more money. I tend to just look simply at the listing and the exchange numbers. 
Um, exchange numbers are running, you know, at the moment on around about just over 70,000 a month in the last quarter, slightly down on the first quarter, uh, quarter two, which was 78,000. Um, and, um, and listings, which, you know, are the lifeblood of the whole business, everyone's business, lettings and sales, uh, are operating around about 9,000 less a month per month, quarter versus quarter. But that's the whole of the UK. So that's Scotland as well. That's Northern Ireland. That's the entire, entire domain that uh, everybody operates in. So it's not and nothing there that's fallen off a cliff and nothing there that should scare people. And the final thing on stats that has never changed is I've never met one estate agent in any town that lists and sells every single house in that town. So there's always an opportunity, no matter what the market throws at you, to grow your business. Indeed. And um, I look at the stats on a week-by-week -week basis. And even up until Sunday, the average number of new instructions, well, sorry, the average the number of instructions UK, 29,109, whilst the average for the whole of the UK has been, uh, hold on a second, 31,000. So the num number of new instructions, number of price changes, uh, last week was 14,000 for the UK. And the average for the whole UK is 10,000. So the price reductions are up, but we'd expect that. We've got agents bright working their prices. But this is absolutely fascinating. The number of sale, uh, the average number of sale agreed, 26,000. But for the last four weeks, 21,085 last week, 25,6 the week before, 24,988 the week before. So the market's holding up really well. And I think there's an awful lot of people on social media and clickbaits with headline titles which again are frightening us, and we should look at the, actually look at the facts and not the emotion. Let's go to the absolutely gorgeous Lee Wainwright. Lee, what have you learned from today, which or you know, or other agents should learn? The big takeaway from today. Uh, I thank Brian for helping me understand that um, Scotland and Northern Ireland are in the UK. <laughs> 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 um, uh, I think that the, the takeaway for me is that um, there's a lot of questions at the moment. We haven't got answers. Um, being very comfortable that the answers are out there, which you're ready to 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 be to make decisions within your business, I think is is something that you should feel very very comfortable with. That's in front of you. It's it's no different to where we were before. Um, and change is always an opportunity for um, gains. Uh, and the good thing is that you, when you get change, it's the people who change, who adapt, who do things better that get the biggest gains. Uh, and generally, that's agents who care, who've got good relationships, who talk to people, who build build upon their success, like it's been described for Alex. And um, you know, I, I, I do think there are some interesting challenges ahead. I do think about the consumer and the impact of, of interest rates. You know, that 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 payment piece it isn't it isn't difficult to see somebody coming off a two percent rate going onto a three or four percent rate. He's gonna he's gonna have a number in front of them that feels quite challenging. Um, and, and that's a fantastic opportunity for agents to, to do their thing and, and add real value to the community they serve. Good stuff. Remember, that term is a fantastic, is a nice to put in the door. Let's go to Alex and Swindon. Uh, so a bit of a mixture, really, of, sort of my own thoughts and take it from others. Um, be calm and confident. Um, help others around you, you know, not just your colleagues, but the customers that you're, you deal with. Um, make it fun. If it's not fun, you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's hard work. And, and know your worth. You know, I think it's going to get harder to do our job. There's going to be more skill involved. And, and, and you know, I certainly see fees increasing. Um, you know, and if other agents want to charge less, you know, I'm not going to change and get paid less because they're choosing to charge less, you know. 
good for you, good for you. And let's go to the wonderful Ed Mead, the king of the king of viewings. I'm glad you're calling all the older people here the particularly attractive ones. Um, have fun. Uh, don't believe the headlines and lead from the front. Brilliant, succinct as always, Abigail. I think for me, it's it's about being calm, controlling what's within your remit, um, but keeping your eyes open and uh, looking at what's going on in the marketplace, and educating your team on on that as well, so they can re-educate everybody else around them. Good stuff. Let's go to the only man here that hasn't got any grey hair, Steve Wayne. Or if it does, <laughs> you have to use Grecian two thousand. He dyes it just for men. No, I don't dye any hair yet, but there are a few coming. There are a few coming. <laughs> It's a problem with two two young daughters. Um, to be fair, I've been off for the last two days since Jewish New Year and sort of listening to you guys, it's just got me going again and that energy. And I think that's the key to this is, yes, the market's tough, there are problems, but if you listen to all the noise, you're going to drive yourself mad. You can just control what you control. Go in, work with your team, lead by the front and just have fun with your team. And if you've got good people around you in a market like this, you're actually going to come out the other end a lot stronger wise words and let's leave the final words to the king himself ian white i think i would say look be respectful and knowledgeable of the challenge or the changes ahead um but focus on the opportunity and be clear and, and confident in the plan to go and maximize your take from that opportunity and hand the problem to your competitors um and have fun i mean i think i think the have fun bit's important because there's, there's nothing better than winning when you're the difference that's the most exciting bit. It's like a drug for us. It's, it's, it's a fantastic feeling. But if you're going to focus on the problem, that's the problem in itself. There is definitely an opportunity here. Go and work out what it is in your market. Be calm. Go after it. Hand the problem to your competitors. Thank you one and all for, for your input today. It's been absolutely fantastic and insightful. Particularly like to, to thank the agents, Abigail, Steve and Alex for your time and efforts today and your insight. I'd also like to thank uh, the ICG members, Ed, Lee, Brian and Ian for their time today. Um, we hope you enjoy these. We've been, this is the second one in this series of, of types of webinars where we've been talking more about the market and we've been getting a lot of great feedback. So. It is probably our intention to look at it again towards the end of October and see where the market is. Uh, there'll be some repeat of what we've said, because often it's good that you hear it a few times, but we'll also see what's happening in the market and give you some guys support. That'll be at the end of October. It will be announced uh, when we get the date sorted out uh, later in October. But finally, I want to say thank you to everyone who's taken the time and trouble, the agents to watching this, both live and also uh, mostly on recorded afterwards because I know you're all busy. So thank you for your time today. Let's wave goodbye to everyone. Thank you, everyone, for your time and effort.